episode of Nerd Parents is brought to you today by Chore Monster. Chore Monster is a web and mobile app that makes chores fun for kids. Now available on iOS, Windows Mobile, Kindle Fire, and Android. Sign up for your free account at choremonster.com. Welcome back, everyone, to Nerd Parents. This is episode 33, and this is a podcast where we come together every week in a positive space with a group of friends and parents to discuss parenting in a nerdy world. Just a friendly reminder, every kid's different, and so are we, so please do your research, uh, because what's right for our families may not be right for yours. I'm Nicole, and I have a two-year-old, almost three, little boy named Mateo, and every week we have a group of wonderful parents. We have regulars that come on the show quite often, and in fact, both of our regulars are here today. We have Carrie. Hey, Carrie. Hi there. How are you? I'm trying not oh, to sound God. gross on the on on the podcast, but we'll we'll see how that goes. How are you doing? I'm Carrie, and I am a mom to three. I have a daughter, Sarah, who's almost fifteen. I have a daughter, Eden, who's almost thirteen, and I have a four year old son named Colin. Sorry, I was just drinking some coffee. <laughs> <laughs> throughout this i'm gonna i'm a little never apologize for coffee ever yeah um and then of course we have eric hey eric yeah. hello all hello um, I'm eric i'm staying i have a, a one and a half year old named thaddeus and i have an almost eight year old named colette Yay. next month oh my goodness are you preparing for her birthday and doing yes all we're the planning fun? uh she wants a robot themed party which i think is great we can you know, Ooh. thinking maybe I'll make little tinfoil hats and they can decorate them with those pipe cleaner things, multicolored pipe cleaners and cool. have their little robot heads or something. I don't know. I'm still figuring it out. <laughs> robot. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I keep asking Mateo what he wants to be for Halloween and his birthday's around Halloween as well. Right. And we've been reading um, Clifford's Halloween and in the book, Clifford is a ghost. So he has gotten in his head that he wants to be a ghost. So I'm like, hey, cheapest costume ever. I'll sure, just yeah. <laughs> take a sheet right. and cut him off. This is like, great. Go for it. I'm like, are you sure you don't want Darth Vader? <laughs> ghost. I'm like, all right, buddy. Ghost it is. <laughs> you could sort of have some fun with that. You could get some chains and he could mm-hmm. like shake them while he walks around or something. <laughs> the funny thing is uh, a two-year-old doesn't even know the concept of what a ghost is. Like, Good point. You know, That's he true. just knows Clifford's a ghost and he wants to be like Clifford. So, but yeah, that uh, works. If he, fun's fun, if he's having fun, that's all good. Yeah, totally. So a lot's happened since we last talked. Um, I want to at the top of the show uh, put out a big thank you and shout out to Kenneth Ho. He is our very first nerd parent supporter. So over, and oh. I, I haven't announced it on the show. I've only announced it on the Facebook put, uh, post and on our page. So. Um, I kind of I want to do more with the show and get, and, and you, both of you take your time. I mean, we're parents. We're listening. We know how much lim- how limited time we have here. So, I put out a little kind of a a, a, a ghetto Patreon. <laughs> so, I'm sidestepping Patreon and I'm doing it solely through the website. And anyone that supports the show, you can do one-time donation, do a subscription. Um it's going to go for keeping the site up, 
Um, I want to do some more graphic work, do more product reviews, get into some video. So there's a number of things I, I can see for the site. Um, but I, I believe in paying people. So Carrie and Eric, if you're interested, <laughs> that's, that's kind of where this money's going to go to. So if awesome. you're interested in becoming a nerd parent supporter as well, you can head on over to nerdparents.com and there's a little widget in the right hand sidebar and you can check it out. Um, so again, thank you, Kenneth. You're our very first one. And I'm just, thank you, Kenneth. I was Thanks, like, Kenneth. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Super great. Yeah. So, um, and every show we, we get into kind of what we've been doing, uh, our ups and downs, uh, for the past couple weeks, I guess. Uh, I know school has been a big conversation as of lately. Um, but, uh, I had a weird down happen to me. Um, it was the first time it's ever happened. And we went to like one of those local playground, indoor playgrounds, and Mateo was playing, and he's so happy, and he's like, yeah. And he runs up to this kid, and he smiles at him, and the little kid looks at him and grabs his face, digs uh. his, his fingernails into his face and into his mouth, and starts pulling. Okay. And I'm like, no. Oh, smash. And Get off my kid. It freaked me out to the point where had Mark got to the little boy first, but had I gotten to the little boy, I probably would have pushed him down. Like this little kid, the, and the thing was, the mom just walked away, like didn't even. And I was just so furious and mad because he's crying, I mean, crying hard, and the little nail bites in his in his face, and uh. he was just trying to be friend. He was just like smiling and hi, and this little monster. That would tried to rip his face so off. And I would be so pissed. And who's this parent who's just like, eh, it's fine. Yeah, yeah. You, you have to get in there. You have to be like, no, no, we don't do that. Yeah. So um, I, it's funny because Veronica, a uh, listener of the show, wrote in as well and had a similar experience. And um, she said, she said, hi, I had my first Cobra parenting experience. So I'd like some advice. My daughter just turned one and she loves to climb and run around the house. So I took her to an indoor play area at the mall. There were only 10 other kids, but much were more bigger than her. I set her down. She ran in and wanted to play on some of the small climbing animals. When she got to the top, one of the older boys who was a good head bigger than her looked at, looked about two or three, came over, sat down, stretched his legs out in front of her as if to trip her. Um, <laughs> I'm just like, oh my gosh. Those indoor play areas too at the mall, it's bananas. I've, I've been to those too. Those scare me. Um, so she didn't want to create an incident and I didn't know where his parents were, so I picked up my daughter and took her to another play animal. The little boy left the ray as soon as we left and uh, and my daughter, so I guess uh, he was following her around when she had gotten where she was before the boy came back. But this time, he scooted himself closer to her limiting the area she had to climb when he was close, basically going to push uh, her off. If he moved closer, I picked her up again <laughs> and the little boy ran up. So it's like basically this little boy's like stalking her daughter. Being on a this. little jerk. Yeah. Um, she says his mother, I guess she um, again went back. The boy this time kicked her swiftly, grabbed uh, I sw- swiftly grabbed uh, his legs before he hit her, looked him in the eye and said sternly, don't kick her, and then let him go. His mother, who had apparently been sitting in front of the, the play animal, um, 
this entire time talking to her girlfriend said, don't, don't, uh, grade him. I don't know what that grab. Means. Oh, grab, grab him. Oh, he is learning. Uh, I returned with don't let him learning kick people. Work? The boy ran up. So the, like the parents are like, Ugh. so she said, this is my first experience in a play area as a parent. I'm not really sure how I should have handled it. Um, most of the other parents were keeping an eye on the kids and the other kids mostly shared the area. Well, any advice would be appreciated. Veronica. So, um, I, I'm kind of in Veronica's like, what's the, what's the criteria or the, uh, the conduct, I guess. Yeah, Cause most parents say, should be watching your kids. Right. And yeah, not letting I, them hit. I or think kick. she handled it well. I think so I, too. Um, hmm? the, the other parent who said he's learning, whatever that means, I'm guessing that's like the, you know, I've heard people say, you know, make sure you let kids figure out how to deal with situations on their own so they'll really learn when they have to handle a situation and you're not around, blah, blah, blah. But as soon as, That doesn't you know, sound like a situation. I mean, little the little girl's like um, much smaller than this boy. So yeah, it's not like and, she can defend herself. And that's fine. I'm all for that up to a point when like violence comes into play. Um like Mateo's face or the the yeah. kid's foot going out. I mean, what's the deal there? That's when you go, okay, yeah, this is this is one thing you need to know. We don't do that. Yeah. What, what have you had any experiences like this, uh, Carrie? My gut reaction is that kid was learning to be a little shit. Um, <laughs> that's all he was learning. Yeah, he yeah. wasn't learning anything about what's appropriate. He knew what he was doing. Yeah. He was trying to antagonize her. Yeah. That's well, what he was he's trying following to be a her all. And that yeah. is not appropriate. Um, I don't get a lot of experiences like that. Um, my kids are pretty far apart in age. When Colin plays at a playground, he's usually got his older sister with him. So Sarah will run around and push mm. him on swings. And he'll play with other little kids. He goes to preschool now and he plays with other kids great. He doesn't seem to have a problem. So we haven't run into that. What I run into is when we go to that place in the mall and I bring all three kids with me, uh, Sarah usually will head off to a store close by where I can see her. Uh, Colin will be playing. Um, I get a lot of kids who just walk up to Eden and stare at her. Oh, yeah. She's sitting in her wheelchair. And Colin, I have to control because he gets offended. Yeah. Right. Uh, he'll walk over and he doesn't like it when doctors touch his sister. So he runs over and he's, he says, that's my sister. And the kids just look at her and they get, and just like little kids will do, the kids aren't doing anything inappropriate. You know, what's wrong with her? And Colin will say, nothing's wrong with her. And he goes off to play and he goes, come on. And he starts trying to pull the kids. And I tell him, you can't, you can't touch other people, but right. you can't. I mean, if they want to play, great. I said, your sister looks different. She's doing different things. I mean, they're interested in her. They can ask questions if they want. And that, that's usually the point at which that the parent will go, oh, gee, come on over here. Don't stare. Don't stare. And I'm like, it's not. That's not mm-hmm. the problem. You're teaching them to be afraid of something different. Yeah. I don't, I don't want that. I, what I want is for my son not to make it uncomfortable, any more uncomfortable for a kid who's learning about something new than anyone else. And that's. Mm-hmm. In a strange way, I feel kind of like what this kid was doing. The little girl was trying to figure out what she wanted to do, where she wanted to be, and she's forced to deal with somebody, a child, who is trying to push her boundaries. And it's not up for her to figure out what her boundaries are. It's for him to – he knew that he was being inappropriate or he wouldn't have run off every time she was taken away. Yeah. So I think you did the right thing, Veronica, and I don't – my biggest pet peeve in life is parents who do not manage their kids in public places drives me crazy so the fact that uh you know you told her hey don't let her don't kick her you know and don't let him kick people i think is appropriate and she knows it and that's why she went back to talking to her friend 
So yeah, exactly. I think he did the right <laughs> yeah. thing. Yeah, I think yeah. so too. And I, I mean, for for this the thing that happened with Mateo, like this little kid, like Mark pull had to like pry his hands off of Mateo's face, Aww. and he just like the mother nowhere to be found. So Mark just picked up Mateo and we went off into kind of a corner and kind of tried to calm him down because he was, you know, and I put a little ice on his face because, I mean, like, you just see the nail marks in his face. Yeah. And just like, Aww. and I have a really bad confession. <laughs> so later on, fast forward about 30 minutes, I see this little kid in the corner crying. I'm like, I'm not helping you. <laughs> <laughs> Eventually his mom finally, you know, came over there. But I was like... No way. <laughs> I was like, I he wasn't hurting. He was just done the same thing. Yeah. I was kind of, he pissed me off. <laughs> little turd. I don't understand the mental dynamic of parents who think I'll take my kid to an extremely public place. And because there are walls around it that are three and a half feet high and there are things to play in. Therefore I am now absolved of parenting. Yeah. I'm going to sit here and I'm going to sit on my phone or I'm going to talk to my friend and drink my coffee and it's let usually, my kid do whatever the hell he wants to, whoever the hell he wants to mm-hmm. under the guise of, He's playing. Yeah. yeah Especially I mean, when you get to that age. I mean, there is an age that you can, you know, loosen that kind of eagle eye vision. Sure. But, you know, I find that probably three and under, you need to like, I feel like I need to watch. I need to see what's going on. Yeah. This is when you're teaching them how to behave. This is, In those are the times when you're saying, hey, this is what's right and what's wrong when you're out and about. You don't grab people's faces. Yeah. I mean, just because you let your kids go play in a place that's relatively safe, you know, curve, uh, soft corners and everything, themselves, it doesn't mean they're not going to hurt each other. Yeah. You still have to kind of watch. There's a, there's a school of people who I think that uh, – I'm trying to think. This, this child that grabbed Mateo, I mean, and I'm not saying – how do I, I'm not going to be able to say this without offending somebody. So you know what? Here goes. <laughs> there's – there's a possibility that the kid who grabbed Mateo has some kind of a social, um, an yeah, autism that's spectrum true. kid, that's true. an Asperger's child, who doesn't know how to control his own emotions. And it wasn't necessarily out of anger that he grabbed him. It was just that's what his body told him to yeah. do, so he did it. And there's you – don't, you don't know by looking at those kids who they are. But you would think that kids who are like that or even this child whose mother said he's learning, maybe that's him. I don't think so. I think he was just learning to be – we, we already know what I said he was learning to be. But I think that those are the kids that the parents should be maybe even a little bit more aggressive about watching mm-hmm. because you know that they're, they're, there's a real possibility for something maybe inappropriate – maybe out of the you know the realm of what's probably considered good physical boundaries and that you don't need to go spreading your kids business all over the mall but if he does something inappropriate be right on top of it and be like I'm really sorry we're learning about this this is new to him and you know you can apologize with that but the parents are just like oh let kids be kids kids need boundaries and they need direction and that's what you're there to give them yeah and I don't get the whole concept of just because your child has a spectrum issue or because your child may have a disability, even like mine does, doesn't give me a green light to act like an idiot in public. Yeah. Or Agreed. give them reason to. And I think that some parents might say, well, you don't know if he had a spectrum disorder and he was just reacting. That's his way of reacting to people. Okay, well, then that's up to his parents to help him manage that. Yeah. And there's some social obligation there to the public at large, not to necessarily keep the kid at home, but to 
you know, teach, teach them while they're out there. Give them the opportunity to learn. Don't just ferret them away and make excuses for it. Well, I think had the mom been involved, I would yeah. have, it would have been a much better end result to the mom, yeah. the mom then saying, no, no, little dude, that's not how we do this. Say you're yeah. sorry and maybe go play. But instead, I mean, it was us trying to pry his hands off of his face and then dealing with a little boy that was, number one, hurt, and then, number two, very, like, shocked that sure. he was being nice and that was, that was, his, um, that was his result of being nice. Yeah, um, uh. yeah right? Um, he also just, re- while I was gone at Dragon Con, Mark was telling me that he was playing at the playground and an a older little boy wanted to play with Mateo. He goes, you want to play? And Mateo's like, yeah. He goes, okay, um, let's play. And then Mark heard him calling him Robin, like, come on, Robin. And it turns out he was, he, the older boy, he was Batman and Mateo was Robin. And Mark mm-hmm. goes, you're not Robin, you're Superman. <laughs> Oh, really? <laughs> He's like, nobody's making my son, Robin. <laughs> I thought that was so funny. <laughs> but yeah, they were just, and that was like a fun play. Like they were doing all kinds of right. fun stuff. So um, I, I'm glad to see um, that experience didn't. And I'm, you know, I'm just, I know Mateo's going to go down his own path, but it's, I'm really not looking forward to the, the day that. A, you know, another little kid kind of crushes his spirit, you know? Yeah. So, and I know it's going to happen because it, you know, it, it happens. You know, little kids are, can be horrible little kids. <laughs> so I'm just, I'm hoping that when that does happen, he handles it well. So, right. Uh, Carrie, what's been going on with you? Um, I've been quite busy. Uh, Eden was back in the ICU again. Yeah, I saw which that. Which was not a lot of fun. Um, you know, most people know Eden has special needs and she has epilepsy and it's not very, it's not incredibly well controlled. We have no diagnosis for why she is the way she is. Um, but she's getting older and she's gained six pounds in four months oh, wow. and that can really kind of mess with her medication. Yeah. And it looks like between that and being, becoming a young lady, the hormones and stuff, um, we were in kind of a bad place and we were having a seizure every 30 seconds and it wasn't oh, very good. Geez. So uh, we took her to the hospital, um, and they put her in the ICU and medicated her pretty well. She did not go into a coma like she did oh, the last time, good. Um, but they put her into some pretty heavy meds, and um, she came out the other side of it uh, on a new medication load and trying new things, which is fine, and I'm, I'm glad it's working. I'm really glad we didn't have to go into a coma. I just am frustrated with the hospital for other reasons. Um, I'm going to post a blog post about this, and I'm not going to take up too much airtime about it because the blog post is a mile long. I love it. Um, when you get discharged from our hospital, and I'm sure this is the same with many hospitals, you usually get kind of a summary list about what happened and why you were there, and these are the medications you're on. You sign it before you leave. And they say, you know, this is what, this is how you can meet your doctor and this is, we set up an appointment for you or whatever else comes with it. And I'm very used to getting those. So when I, they come into the room to release Eden and I was packing up her stuff, they said, oh, have you discharged paperwork? She's going to be on these meds. And I said, yep, I'm aware. And they said, okay, give it to John Hancock and so you can take it with you. And I said, great. So I signed it and off we went. Now I am somebody who's, because Eden's been on medication for so long, is very, very a very, very aware of what she's taking and when she's taking it. And I don't allow things to be administered until I know more about them. So I tend to be, I'm very medically minded. So 
when I got home and I just happened to be, I never look at usually this charge orders again because I know what I'm doing by the time I get home. But I happened to look at them again. And there were, you know, when you, like, when you look up um, some medications, you'll see the name of the medication as you know it plus whatever the pharmacy name for it is. Mm-hmm. So one of the medications that she is on is called Vimpat. That's the retail name for it, but it's also called Lacosamide. Well, when I looked at her discharge orders, it was listed as both as two different medications. So I, if I didn't know any better, I would have overdosed her. Oh, geez. Yeah. Oh so that was the first thing. I was told that she was kept in the hospital because she was a respiratory distress. Because when you give a child medication for neurological problems, it depresses their respiratory drive. So there was nothing on the discharge orders about how to manage her respiratory stuff. So it would have been, oh, double up on her neurologic medication, which would have made her respiratory drive that much worse, and not even including the side effects of giving her too much neurological medication. And there was nothing on there about how to manage a respiratory drive. So I called patient advocacy and I said, look, I'm on top of this. I know what I'm doing, but I know that there are parents out there who are not maybe as medically minded as I am and would have gone to those instructions to make sure that they knew what they were doing and they could have killed their kid. So I said, my, my gripe for the week, I should go on grumpy cast again, is that, um, (laughs) that as much, what bothers me is that you hear a lot from doctors about how caring for your children is a collaborative advocacy effort from the parents and the doctor gets involved and you kind of go back and forth and you should be very well informed and they push this and push this. Be a part of your kid's healthcare experience. Be a part of it. I am happy to be a part of it. That's what I do. But I rely on my doctors to give me accurate information so I can make better decisions. And when you put me in a situation like this where if I didn't know better, I would have killed my kid. And you have signed off on this. And when I called the patient advocacy, you know what they said? Oh, well, you knew better, so don't worry about it. What? No, 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 no. And I said, because I told you that I knew better, I understand what you mean by that. What you need to understand is that someday you're going to get a parent who doesn't know better, who isn't as on top of the medications, or is nervous, or hasn't slept, and goes to that paperwork as reference material, and there's nothing there. And then when they've medicated their child too much because they don't know the difference, they go to the paperwork to find out how they're now supposed to support their kid who can't breathe, and there's nothing. This is terrifying. Yeah, isn't it? It's horrible. And I was like, really? So I I said, she said, well, what do you want? She said, what what can we do to help you with this? I said, I need you to call the, it's called the orange team that I was a part of. So you need to call the orange team and let them know that it happened. She said, do you want me to have them call you? I said, you know what? No, I don't. I want you to tell them and I'll call you back and tell you if they call me. They never called me. Huh. So clearly they, someone called them and said, you screwed up on these orders. You didn't put this down. You didn't put this down. You put this down twice. They didn't care enough to call the parent to find out if it was resolved. That's bullshit. <laughs> oh yeah. My God. Yeah. I, I mean, so needless to say, um, I have a nice big blog post about, you know, how important it is to make sure you read and understand and no question is too stupid when it comes to medical issues for your kids because advocacy sometimes will involve covering your kid's butt because the doctors just don't care. They don't care and they don't have time. I would like to think that they care and I think that by and large, 
most doctors do. Pediatrics yeah. is not easy, but by and large, people get into it because they love kids. Right. But there are going to be that group who they don't care enough to follow up. That makes me and, so sad. Now you know that about them. So now you can make the decision whether or not you go back to them. So just kind of a that – was, that was the crap part of my week. Wow. That was kind of evil. I'm sorry. Can I give Carrie. like a really bad Yelp review for that hospital or something? <laughs> Yeah, that that is the best hospital in the area for children. And I have worked with this neurologic team for over 10 years. I was stunned when Could I saw that. Could this be like a, a, a new person that just like made a clerical error or something? Or uh, No, because the only person who can fill out uh, medical release records is the doctor because they have to sign off on it before it comes to you. Wow. So they have to literally sign the paper before you see it and you sign it. Wow. So they just didn't read it. They just, oh, this, 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 do that, do that. Now, whether they had a resident do it, I don't know. But the doctor signed it. Yeah. So that makes it, sad. like his ink and pen, not a digital signature like ink. He had to sign. So he just Ugh. didn't look at it or whatever. And this is the type of stuff that why advocacy is so important. And it's, it's very easy to play the blame game when your kids are sick because your anxiety is up and you're, you just want somebody to know. Yeah. You know, well, well, you didn't do your job. Maybe they didn't sometimes, guys. It's not always the parents. Yeah. And um, I have a kid who's very, very medically fragile and it could have happened to anybody. They're not lucky that it happened to me. <laughs> so. I've, I've said it before and I'll say it again. You're, you're an amazing mom, especially Eden's so lucky. Uh, Thank it's you. crazy. Well, and I think I think you being on this show is really important for people that do have medically challenged uh, children, and um, you just can't. I mean, I think this is a good example. This is a good story for everyone. I mean, even if you aren't a child, like for you know, owning your own health, right? Yeah, and very it, important. It, you know, it's. I know all you want to do is like pass it off on, you know, the doctors. Okay. The doctors have it covered. Right. Um, going through all this, uh, cancer stuff with my dad, it's like, no, you have to own what is going on and you have to be aware of what's going on. So it can come across, it can, the same thing could have happened to somebody whose child has never been sick before is very normally developing. My, my oldest daughter guys didn't get sick for the first time until she was almost three. So, I mean, you could have a kid who's never been, and they just take them and they want to take them to the pediatrician. And the pediatrician wants to give them, um, I don't know, amoxicillin or a very right. broad spectrum antibiotic. And they write the number down wrong and you're give megadosing the kid. It's just a matter of, I think, I don't want anyone to go to a doctor being afraid or uncomfortable. It's part of the reason why I think when you choose a pediatrician, you really should vet them. Mm-hmm. Go to their office and say, look, it's important to me. I'm a part of my kid's life. I want, I want to meet you and spend time with you before I choose you as someone who's going to take care of my kid. Yeah. If a doctor won't make time for you to do that, that's not the right doctor for you. It really isn't. Well, and I because think because they're okay. not invested. Yeah. And I think we tend to look at these authority figures and just kind of blanketly. Oh, trust. Yeah, right. Yep, yep. We do, and there's and there's there's valid reasons for that. And I will be the first one to tell any of my doctors when I'm arguing something. Guys, you're the MD. There's a reason I don't have one. I mean, and I get that. Um, part of what we wanted to do is I wanted Eden to be released from the hospital from the ICU directly to home. I didn't want her to have to go to the main floor. And they brought four or five doctors down and tried to argue their argument. And I said, guys, you're you're arguing that she needs respiratory support. Understood. I have oxygen at home. I have all the machines that she is using right now. 
I have them at home. The only thing that's going to be different if I keep her in the hospital is that my insurance company is going to get pinged for a couple dollars $10,000, $20,000. That's the only thing that's going to happen. Nothing is going to be different, and I want to get out of here. And one of the doctors looked at me, and he's like, well, what's, I don't understand what the rush is. Does your daughter's health not matter to you? And this is a guy who clearly hadn't dealt with me before. And I said, here's what you're not thinking about. You are, Kansas City is in the middle of an enterovirus, uh, uh, enterovirus uh, outbreak. Mm. And right now the hospital is full to capacity like oh, it's yeah. flu season Thanks. with children in respiratory distress. So I said to him, I said, you've got to, I said, let me make this clear to you. And maybe you're, and I tried to be very polite and say, maybe you're seeing it through the lens of somebody who's been in the hospital long enough. And you're dealing with a lot of these children. My kid is not here because she has enterovirus. I want to take her home before she catches it. And they went, oh. <laughs> and I said, yeah, now it makes sense to you, doesn't it? Yeah. She's in respiratory distress, but she's not in a hard place. She's in a place where she's just going to be monitored. She doesn't even have an IV. Let me get her out of here before you confront her with 30 yeah. people with a virus that she can't get rid of. Right. And they went, oh. And I said, yeah, oh, like, guys, sometimes I think doctors get very caught up in the minutia of the, of the, of the little, that little thing on that file or that one mm-hmm. test that they took said this, and they can very easily lose the big picture. Yeah. And I try to balance the big picture with, well, I understand what you're doing here, but you've got to understand I've got to make a transition to home, and that has to come at a cost somewhere, and this is the less, the least amount of impact, basically. Yeah. But yeah, to have those that, that paperwork be that screwed up, I'm, glad, I'm really glad I'm somebody who doesn't rely on that paperwork, Yeah. because I was like, you've got to be kidding me. And I said, you are going to kill someone with stuff like that. You are going to, particularly the neurology team. I mean, you don't double dose a kid something that already compromises their ability to breathe it was just it boggled my mind that Jeez. they could do something so exquisitely ignorant yeah and then not even call me to see if it was okay after being told by patient advocacy that they did it like Boom. what so do you think just that, that was that was my th- down her being in the hospital and then that i had to turn into kind of turn into mama bear a bit there um i hope that it opened their eyes and maybe they're a little bit more um, responsible for their work when it comes to other kids now. But man, that was not fun. So uh, yeah, you got an up. She's home now, right? I do. She is home. She is doing okay. Um, she's, I think a lot of kids, parents will recognize this when your kid's in the hospital, there's, they already have some built in anxiety because they're not at home with yeah. what they know. Mm-hmm. Um, Eden is no exception to that. The minute we got her home, her oxygen levels peaked up a little bit and she knew her surroundings and she was a little bit more comfortable, didn't leave to her being as tense. Some of the seizures have kind of abated a little bit. So I think there's some value in her being at home. Um, and she's, she's upstairs. The medications that she's on are very strong. So she's basically sleeping most of the day. Mm. So I kept her out of, the sco- out of school this week just to kind of help her get, find her new normal with regard to that yeah. stuff. But other than that, she seems to be doing pretty good. And that's my up is that we're in a better place now, even though we had to go through it. And I don't think it's going to be the last time. Um, but I'm glad that now there's more process to it that I understand and can, mm-hmm. you know, I, for every, for every dark spot, I try to find the silver lining because, you know, I'm lucky to have had enough education and enough um, mm-hmm. experience with what she's going through to the next, I take that to the next thing that we end up in. So yeah. 
she's at, she's home and we're all kind of and I slept last night like a boss. Oh so, good. <laughs> yeah, I hadn't been sleeping very well and my doctor said I think you need to take one of these and I went no because I'm not a big fan of taking anything and I slept like a what pro. What was it? Was so, it a clonopin? Clonopin. I'm not familiar yeah. with that. So I slept like a pro, but I woke up with that weird mediciney head kind of hangover thing and have you ever, I'm not having have big you ever fun tried, time with that. Have you ever tried Unisom? Uh, you know what? I'm going to tell you, and maybe you guys don't know this. Unisom is exactly the same chemical formulation as Benadryl. Really? Yep. Yep. Hmm. Yep, yep, yep. All those, all those over-the-counter sleep aids are all Benadryl. Well, if, I, you look I, at, if you look at the drug, it's diphenhydramine usually. Yeah. Um, so you can buy generic, super generic, 88 cents at Walmart, and it's the same thing as a $12 box of Unisom. Yeah. Well, I didn't, yeah. I had never taken it um, until I was pregnant. And really? I, and I was taking it for the nausea. For the it, nausea, yeah. It was the only thing that kept my nausea at bay. Uh, oh my U- Unisom and B6. Uh, I, I started taking that. Um, I found out about it on a hyper, I'm, I always mispronounce that name. Hyperemesis. So I, Which- I, I was on a forum um, and there was a whole uh, forum thread about that. I'm like, oh, I'll give it a try. And holy crap, I took it. I took a half at night and I woke up and it was like angels were singing. And it was just <laughs> like I woke up and I just felt and I had a great night's sleep. So I had a great night's sleep and I wasn't nausea, uh, nauseous anymore. So it was like a miracle. Now, it only yeah, lasted for a small time, but it still was just, you know, five months of, of just nausea and just nonstop nausea to have one day to go, there's a light at the end of this tunnel. <laughs> this, I, I'm sorry. I need to edit briefly. The, um, the liquid sleep aid for Unisom and the sleep gels are diphenhydramine hydrochloride, which is the same thing as Benadryl. Gotcha. The tablets are something else. Yeah, so the I was tab- taking... The tablets are Yeah, I was, I was taking one tablet, cutting in half. I take one at yeah. night, and I take one in the morning, and I was able to somewhat function. Oh, yeah. Thaddeus. Hey, yeah. buddy. He's running around being crazy. Oh, it's all right. Well, let's get to you, Eric. What, what, what's going on with you? Um... Besides Boy, I, Thaddeus being all over the place. <laughs> I, I sure wish I went first because by comparison, my stuff sounds so silly to uh, to Cleo's it's, stuff. It's all relative, oh, right? I think it's, this is a good example. Everybody's stuff is their stuff and it's just as valuable <laughs> as anybody else. Yeah. Okay, thank you. I just had to throw that out. Um, <laughs> my up is that Colette's back at school and that's great. Um, she's... Uh, I have those few hours. I was excited last time I was on the show about that coming. Yeah, and yeah. now it's here. Yay! So <laughs> I can, I can, uh, you know, there's a little bit of time for sanity, um, despite the boy running around as he does. Um, it's a, it's you know a little quieter in the house. Um, so that's that's my up. It's been nice. The the down is um, Thaddeus at uh, only one and a half uh, years old has really really gotten good at climbing. Yeah, like he's. He is a supreme <laughs> escape artist. So, you know those um, – I talked about this today on my Mr. Mom show. Um, you know those harnesses you hang from the ceiling? It's like a sling. Uh, they can just spin in circles and oh, bounce Oh, yeah, yeah. It. They're like jumpers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's got like a spring and yeah. it just kind of burp, burp. He has one of those and he loves it. He he plays in there all the time. But um, And he used to be able to like put them in there and I could like run to the bathroom or something. 
because I know he's not getting out of there. Right, right. I- until now. Oh, he- that's hard to get out of because it's bouncing and moving. That's what I'm saying. He's like a little Houdini. He can get out of anything. Is he still he- in his crib? Uh, yes. So For that's now. the thing that scares me. His <laughs> <laughs> now when I put him to bed, I like I keep checking and checking until he's asleep because mm-hmm. I don't want him to. Fall he out. can bend his leg. Like, put it right up next to his face and kind of put it right on top of the side of the crib and try and pull pull his body up. Yeah. And so... The the corners is... Because um, I watched Mateo climb out of his crib. And they always oh. go... They go to the corner and they leverage mm-hmm. that corner and they kind of scurry up and then they flip over their leg and that's how they get out. Yeah. Um, and I, <laughs> I'm starting to think maybe I should, like, put some soft something around the crib to in case he's... Because I don't want to, like, wake up to a clunk and then crying and, like, oh, geez. Yeah. Um, <laughs> how old is Thaddeus? He's uh, one and a half. One and a half. So, yeah, at one and a half is when I uh, put Mateo in a big boy bed because he was climbing out of his crib. And there was one night in particular because he would climb out of his crib, but he would never get hurt. He would just climb out and he would get out that way. And I'm like, nice. okay, buddy. You need to get back. Stay in bed, please. Um, but there was one night he actually climbed out multiple times, and one of the times he fell and crying. I'm like, all right, we're done with the crib. All done. And I had a um, – because I had gotten a Buzz Lightyear toddler bed. Uh-huh. And I had it – because I knew he was close. So I had it kind of waiting on the wing – and I was like, okay, Mark, we need to put that together and uh, get rid of I the I thought crib. you were going to say, okay, Mark, you can't use it anymore. Now it's Mateo's turn. <laughs> <laughs> but I it, it is use a pretty, it. it's a spaceship bed. I mean, what? what I would want lucky, one. That sounds awesome. Yeah, he's a lucky little kid. Um, <laughs> it, was, it was on sale. It was like one of those Amazon sales that they have. And I'm like, sure. oh my God. And he loves Toy Story. So I'm like, oh, I know I need to get a bed. So, right. um, and it's low. And I was able to reuse the, the crib mattress. So nice. It worked out. Um, though we have to take off one of the wings, uh, so it can go against the wall. <laughs> so it's like a half, half winged spaceship. Well, that's what I, you know, I've been thinking just be, since he started climbing, like, okay, I got to start looking at maybe a bed kind of situation. Mm-hmm. Cause you should, be. we have, we have bunk beds in their room because we, you know, for the kids, but he's been also in the crib that is also in the room. So I'm thinking maybe we can start putting him in that bottom bunk and send Colette up to the top bunk. But I, I just know part of the reason that I know that he goes to sleep is because he's aware when I put him in his crib, he's stuck mm-hmm. for the most part. So he may as well just chill there and then he goes to sleep. At least that's what I think. I think that's mm-hmm. part of the reason he'll finally go to sleep because he's like, well, what else am I going to do? I can't get out of here. So that, I'm, I that, wonder how long it'll take for him to just stay in an open bed, you know. Well, that's, I will tell you my experiences with that because um, I had the same fears. Wow. Like when we moved Mateo to a bed, it was like, oh, my gosh, he can get up at any time and just mm-hmm. walk out. And what I ended up doing – one night, he got out of bed, came into our room. It was about two in the morning. <laughs> and I just kept walking him back to bed. I I, cl- I, I, told, I told Mark, I'm like, I'm doing this. So I'm going to close the close our bedroom door. I'm going to sleep on the couch. And because the his Mateo's room's on one side of the house and our room's on the other side of the house. Mm-hmm. So 
basically for the next two hours, I stayed on the couch waiting for Mateo to come out. And I, every single time he came out, I would walk him back to his bed, not say a mm-hmm. word, put him back in his bed. And I thought that I might have to do this for a couple of nights. It only took me that one night, but I did oh. it. I did it. I'm not kidding you. I must have did it like 10 to 15 times. <laughs> but he finally got it that this is where he needed to be. That's that's a great idea. I mean, I could do that. I could. We kind of have a similar setup. It's not quite all the way across the house, but there's distance, and I could like stay on sleep on our couch one night and yeah. catch him on the way out every time and be like, "Oh no, you don't." Yep. I because what I would do is he just stand there. I just walk up to him, not say a word, grab his hand, walk him back, put him in bed. I didn't close the door, and then. I would I would go lay down on the couch and just wait for him again and then with it and it got longer and longer and longer. So in in the, in the beginning it was like I put him down, he'd get back up. I put him down, he'd get back up. And then the time between the get-ups and put-downs got longer and longer to the point where he just stayed in bed at 4:30. So it was around 4:30 is when he finally stuck getting up. <laughs> I um, may actually try that. That's yeah. a, not, that's a good idea. And so when I, I and I'd like to say despite the fact that it's it's kind of a pain now that he's that Thaddeus is climbing out of things and mm-hmm. it's and it's creating more more chasing on my end, you know. I got I I'm pretty proud of the kid. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty impressed that he can maneuver his way out of just about anything now. I like I uh, I'm pr- it's just cool. He's, he's figured like, stuff out. <laughs> Look at you go, young man. No no cage can hold you. That's right. <laughs> Colin has become recently very uninterested in his own bed, just kind of uninterested in yeah. it. Not that he doesn't want to sleep in it because he knows what it's for and he values that, but just kind of bored with it. Mm-hmm. So, But he has expressed an interest in like camping and fun stuff like that. So we have a, a big kind of a – pull it out of a bag and it pops open, a pop-up sun shelter mm-hmm. that we used to take to the pool when we'd take Eden to the pool. And it's pretty darn big. I think we got it at an Aldi or something for 15 bucks. It's gigantic. It fits his twin mattress, so I made that into his bed. <laughs> I took his, I, yeah, I took his twin, the box spring and the frame out of his room and put the tent on the floor and put the mattress inside of it. And he hasn't left his room in three days. <laughs> you know, nice. He loves it. See, what I, as a kid, I absolutely loved sleeping on the floor. Oh, and, yeah. And looking sure. back at it, I'm, I, I, cause I grew up in the country and it wasn't like we had, um, like a spray service or anything like that. So I know there were just creepy crawlies probably crawling all over me as a kid, <laughs> but I didn't care. Right. Like I loved sleeping on the floor. I don't know what it was about the floor, but uh, I, on occasion I would catch Mateo sleeping on the floor. I'm like, all right, but I understand yeah. it. I totally I get it. Well, he likes it. So he does it. So I just let him go. Yeah. When he goes into his sister's room, um, he goes into Sarah's room an awful lot when he wakes up in the middle of the night, he will plop on her bean, bean bag or he'll, Plop, just plop on the floor and she's got a big like tw- like a full-size big pretty big bed for a teenager and he's just like no floor per- yeah. perfectly content just to sleep <laughs> on the floor so yeah. maybe it's a kid thing i don't know but he's perfectly content is. so i figured take advantage and stuff that mattress in that tent and he's happy as can be nice there's been so many times where like say when colette was a little younger where i'd hear her playing in the next room or something and then all of a sudden quiet and I go and look, and she's just passed out on the floor, just <laughs> with toys in her hand or yeah. something, you know. She's like, oh, this Mid-play. is good. This is good. I'll take a nap a, right here. 
This will yep. do. On top of things like Legos. And you're like, right, how? Right. Because I step on Ouch. those things and you can hear me three states away. He's laying on top of it. It's embedded in his cheek. He's got one in his armpit. You're like, I don't know how you do this. <laughs> So um, I forgot to mention my ump. I was, like I said, I was at Dragon Con this past weekend and I made a point of taking pictures of all the kids dressed up. And in fact, I'm in the process of writing up a nerd parents blog post of all of the the uh, kids. And there's just so many great and the families dressed up together. That's awesome. Aww. Oh, it was just I just loved it. And they were just so cute. And I, there was a tiny little Hulk. He was probably two years old and he had the green paint Aww. on. Aww. And then there was um, there was a family dressed up as Bob's Burgers and the little there was a little baby dressed up as Jean. Yeah, I saw and, that picture you, you <laughs> sent on Twitter. It was great. It was so many cute. There was a whole Guardians of the Galaxy family. They were dressed up as Guardians of the Galaxy and it was a family. Uh, your your so cosplay much. was pretty great, Nicole. Oh, thanks. Yes, it was. <laughs> That was, a, that was well, very well done. Oh, it was so much fun. Uh, Kim and I dressed up. For those that don't know, we we dressed up as Louise and Tina Belcher. We didn't have a Jean. Brian Dunaway was supposed to be Jean, but he didn't get the costume Damn it, in time. Dunaway. So we we're going to be the Belcher kids uh, from Bob's Burgers. And Kim <laughs> and I'm not kidding you. Kim and I spent probably two hours looking for our dad and mom, so, <laughs> who is Bob oh, and funny. Uh, Bob and Linda Belcher from, from the show. So we were going around Dragon Con going, Mom, Dad. <laughs> so, and we finally found Bob, somebody dressed up as Bob. So we got a picture with him and we we're like, Dad, where's Mom? So it was just fun. It was just, Dragon Con is such a fun place to dress up. Um, all right. Well, uh Let's see. Oh, I know what I was going to say, Eric. Uh, Since Colette is back to school, I came across a really interesting article. And I've been um, kind of wrestling with whether or not I should like Mateo's um, uh, preschool on Facebook. Because I I don't want people to know where he goes, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. So, and it's... It's weird because also I don't necessarily want the preschool to know me from that side. Right. Um, Because there was a a Huffington Post article that came out that one Florida mother, um, her son was expelled from the school because of a Facebook post that she did. What? What was she? God. What was the post? She was complaining on Facebook about... This uh, Sunshine Christian Academy uh, that they didn't give her enough notice, enough notice for picture day. And even though the Facebook post was private, she still tagged the school. So the school saw it and the administrators told her that her son would not be a good fit for the school. Well, and, those administrators are just jerks. I know, right? What the I hell? Mean, I mean, weird. And there's been times where... I've I might have said a few things on even on this show that yeah. I'm like eh, you know kind of wish they would have done this and to I, think I that, have um, mm. I don't know I, I I mean who knows who listens or sees what I post online and I sh- and I've talked about you know people know who I am and who my what the names of my family but I take special care never to speak about my children's teachers right. never put say their names or the school name just because I don't know you know I mean. I, I put myself out there, but only to a point. Oh. <laughs> you brought, you're Skyping out, Eric. 
Oh, robot. <laughs> CNSA, they're stepping in. <laughs> oh, I said too much. Yeah, they're... Um, but yeah, I never know quite where to draw that line, but my, the names of my daughter's uh, school and teacher is yeah. definitely one of those lines I, I decided I'm just not going to put out there. Well, and, and now she's getting like, oh, well, you shouldn't have... Um, sorry, you have to find a new preschool, but it's really your own fault. Uh, I'm like, what? Wait, complaining not... about school pictures. Okay. Really? Like, I mean, can't that's some really sensitive administration. Yeah, there. Like, right? Sour grapes. Like, what did they feel about the Yelp review? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yelp, right? Yeah. Well, and you, you're, you're, we're getting into this weird well, space where um, the review you leave, like, I, I remember reading about a. Um, a restaurant suing someone that left a review on Yelp. Right. And, like weird. It's such like, a weird new thing. This isn't, nobody ever had to deal with this stuff before, mm-hmm. you know, this yeah. is all new. So I, I thought that <laughs> was, I was kind of, um, yeah. We're paving the way, giving cautionary tales for our children when they have kids and so want the, to leave nasty Yelp reviews and yeah. stuff. Cautionary tale. You, Don't talk smack you guys about your see school. The, um, there was an article. I don't even remember where it was. I read it and I went, wow. So a 15-year-old kid was playing Battlefield 4 and he kept getting beat by somebody. Now, I don't know if that person was trash talking. I don't know what they were doing. Oh, did he? So this kid did what actually is not uncommon. Like somebody might like order pizzas and have them sent to the kid's house, whatever. This kid called the police in the town where this other kid lived and and said that there was a hostage situation and that he was going to kill people. And... So the police would raid this kid's house. And yeah, I, I heard about this. Yeah. The, the SWAT team showed up, shot the kid's father because oh they didn't know any like, better. What? Like, he's yeah. not dead, is he? I don't think the dad died, okay, but good. I know that they shot him. That and the 15-year-old who sent this in is got 25 to life for yep. domestic terrorism. Exactly. Well, dude. <laughs> it was like, What? And there that be goes consequences on. to your actions, kids. Yeah, and I, I, I mean, hmm. with the okay. gaming, the gaming community, and the Twitch, and the streaming, and all that, there's like this, these weird like um, competitions going on, and uh, yeah, that's a, a bad trend that's going on. And I, I'm sure they did that to say to the other little turds, Send a message, yeah. yeah, do not. I mean, not only are you causing a particular particular dangerous situation for that family or person, but you're taking resources away from people that might actually need them. Right. It's kind of, it's crazy what happens when you put these kids in this new situation where they're online and there's a level of anonymity and there's some type of comic competition and they feel that that's somehow that makes them feel in a way uh, more free to be, to, to be awful. Yeah. And it, and that's uh, kind of, yeah, that whole thing is kind of what I was kind of thinking about when you were talking about this woman being thrown out. I mean, some people look at their, their online experience as being very singular because you really don't, you don't share it with people like next to you. You share it with people that are across a wire for the most part. Right. And they, she was thinking maybe a little bit too singular, even though she knew she tagged the school, <laughs> right. I would think that healthy feedback that is, you know, hey, give me some more notice when you do school pictures, people. That that would be a good thing. Yeah, I, I can't imagine that anonymity would be 
But I she mean, went, unless she was swearing left, right, up, down, and sideways, and it was problematic so. for that reason. But I, I can only imagine. Ugh. Yeah. I, I mean, maybe she shouldn't have posted things quite the way she did, but still, that's no reason to kick no. the kid out. That's just no. being stupid. She, but you know what? They probably did her a favor. Yeah. Because if that little mm-hmm. if that little thing is what they got their panties up in the bunch about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. Um, going to be a lot of bunched panties at that school. <laughs> <laughs> All the panties in a bunch. Um, speaking of uh, panties in a bunch, uh, I got our first <laughs> negative uh, feedback, piece of feedback on the show. Yay! Um, and I mean, no. though she puts a big smiley face on it, uh, it, it came in on just one of our pages kind of randomly. But I thought I'd bring it up because I want to... I, I'm kind of interested to hear your thoughts about this. So we've talked about, or I've talked about, uh, a DVD called One Two Three Magic and more One Two Three Magic. So it's it's a it's it's kind of a style. I mean, every almost every parent I think counts, but it's a very structured way of counting and giving and following through with consequences. And it's not just about punishment. It's also about rewarding the child as well. And that's where the more one, two, three magic. So I think I maybe talked about that like twice on a show. I think maybe twice. Maybe twice. I know I had one show where it was the first time I watched it. And then I watched later on, I watched the more one, two, three magic. I mean, I talk about Minecraft like every other damn show. (laughs) But she says, I love the show, but I'm sick of hearing about one, two, three magic. I've seen it. I didn't like it. Although part of the method is sound, my husband and I were indeed horrified by the animal trainer aspect and attitude it conveyed for parenting. I get they aren't little I get that they're they aren't little adult things, but the parents but as parents we are also teaching our children, hopefully by example, to form relationships with others based on mutual respect rather than simply training them to obey an authority without question, which I believe in fact is potentially dangerous lesson. And ran. Um, and then she puts a big smiley face. So I was like, did I really talk about it that much? But here's the thing, September. Um, this was really helpful for me because while I don't necessarily use it verbatim, it, 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 like I said, if you're only looking at the negative aspect of it, I have a very strong willed child. Very. I mean, like his teachers constantly tell me how strong willed he is. So, this gave me some kind of guidance when I had none. And it was really helpful for me. I'm not saying this is going to work for you. I'm not saying everybody's going to agree with the method. But I'm saying it was really helpful for me in a time that I was desperate for information and knowledge and a little bit of guidance. And I've used some of the methods that I've learned from that series to kind of enlighten me and go, oh, I get it now. So I I've, we've lost the vill- village in a lot of cases. So having resources like this, and I'm reading another book right now on um, kind of discipline and behavior. I'm not totally through it. But again, I'm edu- educating myself as a parent and trying to find out what's right for my child, who who is a very strong-willed kid. <laughs> so <laughs> me just going, let's respect each other. Uh, that's not working for me. <laughs> So we ha- we have that uh, <laughs> disclaimer at the beginning yeah, of every show. Exactly. So I'm challenging you, September. Write in again. Tell me what's working for you. Give yeah. some follow up your rant with some. I don't mind criticism, but what I really like is when parents are listening and they go, "You know what? That didn't really work for us, but for us, this might have worked." That's where we all learn together as a group. So that's kind of 
that's my feelings on uh, uh, criticism coming back at the show. Yeah. <laughs> Always give us your view or what helped you because you might be able to help somebody else. I'm not saying Absolutely. that one, two, three magic is the end all be all. I'm just saying as a new parent, that was really insightful for me at the time. So I won't talk about one, two, three magic anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you can, it's okay. You can, I'll, I'll give you one more time. Oh, <laughs> thanks. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's move over. I got uh, a toddler translation that was sent in by Lisa. Sweet. And uh, we don't need to guess it at, uh, at all. It's, it's her daughter singing Itsy Bitsy Spider. And it's really, really adorable. And I wanted to play it on the show. And I think I have it right here. Uh, let me pull it up. Think? Nope, that's not it. <laughs> I might have. I had everything pulled up yesterday because we were originally going to uh, oh, yeah, record yeah. yesterday. So I might have just lost it. Let me uh, see if I Oh, no. It. Let's see. Let's download it and just do this all live on the show. So while we that's need, like we need like hold music. That yeah. Just, like, dur, 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 well, dur. As, as I'm doing this, um, Mark recorded Mateo the other day. I don't know what got him in the mood or what made him think of this song but uh here's mark and mateo singing a little song let's see if you can guess what he's what they're singing okay hey hey you you get into my car come in <laughs> who me love it yes you yeah you get into my car come on then <laughs> <laughs> Teaching, teaching Mateo the classics. Uh, (laughs) All right. uh, There it is. There it is. Let me pull it over into my little soundboard here. And we can hear Lisa's little girl singing. Go to the wind and what else? I go out and came the sun and... And? And... Yeah, the water. Aww, it's, it's a spider. <laughs> That's so That's cute. So Lisa, thank you so much for sending that in. Adorable. I can't wait till Thaddeus starts uh, putting together more words than just blah, blah, blah. <laughs> it's right around the corner. Right oh, around the corner. Can't wait. Uh, all right. And then uh, we have some. Uh, Family game nights. In fact, we have a number of, of listeners that wrote in and sent us in some uh, some family fun. Uh, I'll, I'll kick one off, um, and then we'll get into, Eric, you have an iPad game? What? Uh, we have one from Adam. He says, hi, Nicole and company. I know these types of things are seem to be popping up everywhere, but I thought your audience might get a kick out of the programmable robots for toddlers. They're taking pre-orders right now. The price is a bit steep, but so I'm trying to decide if it's worth it. It's a um, it's a little robot called Bo and Yana, the cute robots that can teach your toddler to code. And if you go to um, play-i.com, um, you can check those out. I, I've been okay. <laughs> I've been sorry looking, the noise. That, that's okay. Um, I've been looking at these for a while. So uh, they're like little. Uh, I guess they're yeah. Thaddeus is excited about them too. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, They're really cute. They're like these little blue little eyes. And yeah, you can, you can pre-order. I'm I'm on the fence too. uh, Cause I've been looking at them for a while. 
Uh, and I don't know if it's just Facebook trying to get me to do it or if I really want to do it. <laughs> but uh, Adam, thanks so much for uh, the heads up on on those cute little robots. These are neat. Hmm, I don't know. I think Mateo might. Well, I don't know. Mateo is really doing great on puzzles. And so he might, by the time these come out, because they're taking pre-orders right now, he might be ready for them. It's possible. Yeah. yeah. Does Colin like to get into like robots and stuff like that, Carrie? He's Getting he's getting into them. Um, I think at school they do a lot of like really collaborative play. Like they'll bunch of they'll dump a diff, dump of things on the table and they'll say, "All right, I want you to use what's here and I want you to make a dog or whatever." And mm-hmm. the kids all kind of get into it. So I think he's kind of getting into that. Yeah, he likes yeah. those a little bit. Yeah, I don't know if I want to. Uh, maybe for Christmas. I don't know. Uh, I'll look at it more. Um, and then we got an email from Chris, Tyler, and Molly. And she said she wanted to let us know about something uh, that she just got her for her daughter, Mo- Molly, for her birthday. She's a teacher. And I went to Lakeshore Learning Center in Tempe and found touchable bubbles. Uh, I'm currently listen- listening to Cleo rave about how much she loves bubbles and the new bubble gun. She will love these. Uh, I'm not sure of the formula, but for $2.50, I got an eight ounce milliliter tube of bubbles that don't pop when you touch them. Ooh. Isn't that neat? They do like to get stuck on the air vent though and and the hub, hubs grumbles that he drags a chair over and uses a wet wipe to scrape off the residue. <laughs> so. Are these like those those one kind of chemically smelling ones that are Almost plasticky, you blow them yeah, through a straw. I've never, I've never heard of touchable no, bubbles. No, I think what she's talking about, you can get bubbles, these touchable bubbles, you can you can buy them. My husband's company actually sells them, but I think you can buy them. These, I think, have glycerin in them, mm-hmm. and I think hmm. you can get them. The bubbles that are very, very similar to these are the bubbles that they sell at Gymboree. You know, very, I, very similar. But the Gymboree bubbles pop. But Mine they, have never popped. Mine just sit and float all over the place. Really? Stick to the wall and all kinds of stuff. Well, I some of them... Yeah, but these great. like these look like because they're like colored and they glow in the dark and oh, so I know what you mean though, Eric. It comes in like a little tube, like super glue, and you put it over the end of a straw and you blow yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. My husband just heard the word super. Glue. My son just heard the word super glue and came running. No, <laughs> Ooh, I want some. I want some. <laughs> That'd yeah. be glue stuff. Like these, the ones I'm looking at on Amazon, ultraviolet touchable bubbles. So they glow. Under black light. That's so cool. Oh, weird. And they like stack on each other. And uh, oh, this is so neat. So, yeah, I've never heard of touchable bubbles. I mean, I've done the Gymboree ones, but they have glycerin in them as well. Yeah. These awesome. seem like these seem to be a little bit more solid, I guess. There used to be a kind that you could buy, and it wasn't too long ago that I saw them on actually on television. And when you buy them, they look like Gymboree bubbles, but they come with like a pair of mittens or something that you wear huh. so that when you handle them, you don't pop them. The oils in your skin don't pop them. I don't I have to find them. Yeah. I'll have to look it up and I'll have to send it in. I'll send it in for the show notes. But man, it was these hmm. $2.50 for an 8 ml tube know, of bubbles right? that don't pop. I mean, yeah. Who knew there were so many variations of bubbles? Yeah. Wow. Right? It's a whole world. Like geez. a whole market. I like it. <laughs> um, all right. So, Eric, you've been playing an iPad game. I know. What's up with that, right? Yeah. What, what <laughs> game are you playing? Uh, there's two games. Uh, they're called Train Conductor 1 and 2. They're both kind of the same game. They're just different levels. Um, it's a game where it's an iPad, and I think it's on iPhone, too. It's like 99 cents. I forget. But on the game, there are these train tracks that run from left to right 
on the screen, uh, like three rows of them or something. And there's track one on top and then two in the middle and then three on the bottom. Hmm. And then a train will come in from the right or left and it will be labeled train two. But it's currently on track three. So you have to drag the little train up to two. But things get complicated when suddenly another train is coming towards that train and you have to move that out of the way and then get it in the oh, right place. Oh, yeah. It's um, So you're constantly trying to move these trains up and down between tracks and not make them hit into each other. Um, surprisingly fun and simple. And you, you can like tap the train to pause it and let the other one pass by and then get it going. And things get crazy. My daughter loves this game. It looks fun. Yeah, it looks really fun. Yeah, it, they're, they're fun, simple little games. And if you've got someone who's maybe or three or four, Four and above, probably more like four and above. Um, they might, I mean, it's it, they probably not get past the first level at four. But Colette, after a while, she she got really pretty good at the game, um, surprisingly so. So she really enjoys it, and it's simple. All you got to do is, you, once you see the game going, it's pretty simple to figure out what's going on. It's not hard to figure out. <laughs> uh, it's a fun game. Cool. Yeah, it's a, I would recommend. Very cool. And then Carrie, you've been, uh, what have you been playing with? Oh, this is, I was, you know, you were kind enough to send us uh, Kiwi crates for our kids and we were having a great time doing those. And my oldest daughter, Sarah, is very into like, she likes to try new crafts and do new things. And we spent a lot of time at the craft store and she said, wouldn't it be cool if there was like a, like a Kiwi crate for like older kids or adults? And I was like, that was a great idea. We found one. Oh, that's so it's cool. called Darby Smart. And it's DarbySmart.com, D-A-R-B-Y-S-M-A-R-T. And it is basically Kiwi Crate for adults. It's fantastic. Oh, cool. And uh, I ordered some for my daughter, and we are having a blast. You can do a monthly one. You can just individual projects. It is so much fun. I found it on my iPad, and I just go to the website, and there's all different stuff. Personalized jewelry. You can make clocks. They do starter sets. Easy DIYs, stencils, different, I mean, just lots of fun. So for maybe older kids, if you want to get them involved with the younger kids in your life, little ones could do like a Kiwi crate and the older ones might want to do Darby boxes. Oh, so they were, cool. it's a lot of fun. It's very cool. Oh, very, awesome. very cool. I have to check that out. Uh, yeah. Oh, I'm, it's very cool. It's like somebody took Pinterest and put it in a box. Oh, it's neat. Amazing. <laughs> you don't have to think about cool. it. Just everything you need is right there, right? Everything you need is right there. Oh. Huh. Different ways to monogram stuff. There's little, um, you know, the little, you see a lot of them on Pinterest, and I'm sure a lot of the, the listeners are going to know what I'm talking about. It looks like a little glass bulb that suspends from the ceiling, but they put succulents in it, and it's like a little air garden. They have those. Oh, they I know have, what you're talking about. Yeah, they have lots of really, and you can either shop for the projects themselves, or you can shop for just the supplies. So it's just a great little way to to get your hands wet. If, you're, if you know you want to do something crafty, but you're really not sure what. Something that you can do while the kids are doing their kiwi crates, or you can have a crafty night or something. But we looked into it, and I have had nothing but great experience with them so far. How cool! Wonderful, wonderful group. It's nifty. Well, um, speaking of trains, uh, Mateo has he has train fever, uh -oh. and <laughs> we went to Toys R Us, and they have a little um, play area with the train tracks nailed down or screwed down into this table and then they have like little thomas the train and chugganeer so there's two brands well actually there's three brands 
um, if you go to Toys R Us, there's the Thomas the Train, and you get the wooden train tracks. And then you have um, Chugganeers, which is another brand. And then there's like another one. It's more of kind of the generic one. And um, he was just, he played with that thing for half an hour. And and I'm like, let's just get him a little starter set. Because when he wakes up 5.30, I just now say, go play with your train. (laughs) And he goes and plays (laughs) with his train. And I ask him, I'm like, buddy, do you want Thomas or do you want Chugganeer? Because he has an app. We know the Chugganeers. We don't watch the cartoon, but he has an app for Chugganeers that he loves. And I thought for sure, because he really likes that app. It's called Chug Patrol, Ready to Rescue. Um, he loves that little app. And I thought for sure he was going to pick Chugganeer. He goes, no, Thomas. I'm like, okay, buddy, let get a little Thomas starter set and had a, had three little, had like a caboose and had uh, Thomas and one of the other guys in it. So we just got a very simple kind of uh, wooden track. And he is just so happy to play with his trains every single day, just for hours. He'll just sit there and play with trains and um, just have a lot of fun with them, which is um, Mark and I every year in November, we do a um, charity event called Woodworkers Fighting Cancer. And Mark builds a specific project that then um, you can donate it, you can give it to. But the idea is to get everybody to build this one project and we were thinking about building this year a toy chest and so we're still he's going to build the toy chest but the top is going to be um, flat so you can actually put wooden train tracks on top of it so that's going to be Mateo's um, yeah or you could put like the Lego um, so if your kid's not into trains, you could put the Lego pieces, the the boards down on sure. it. Yeah. So it'll, it'll be a multifunctional kind of toy box to where, you know, store toys. There's going to be like um, uh, places for books on the side. And then the top is going to be a multipurpose kind of either a train set or Lego set, <laughs> things to, to play on. So Mateo inspired our, our guild, our, our, not our guild build, but the... Uh, the build that we're doing for woodworkers fighting cancer this year. So as that comes out further, so once the plans are, are we're going to make a video probably in October um, and then November's our entire kind of campaign fundraising time that we do that. So it should be fun. And I'm really excited for Mateo to have a cool, cool toy box now. That sounds way cool. Yeah. So I, we're loving the trains and I'm loving the trains because it keeps them, Keeps them occupied. Sure. Take the train. Just uh, yeah, do something. Yeah, exactly. Daddy needs to go get coffee. All right. So, uh, oh, wow. We are running long today. It's been a while since we've talked. I think that's <laughs> usually what happens, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, let's, let's, uh, let's read one of these emails in our solicited advice. Uh, we got an email from Chuck. And first off, Chuck, thank you for writing. I'm glad you wrote in. You were the only one that wrote in about this topic. Because I almost thought about taking it out of the episode. Um, But, you know, I was like, you know, I'm going to leave it in there because I was stupid enough to say it. Uh, He says, hi, Nicole. Just listen to Nerd Parents 30. And I bet someone has already chimed in on this. You said Jewish boys decide to be circumcised at age 13. It is not. I know, right? Everybody, you were on that episode, Cleo. (laughs) Um, That is not true. And I realized this after, after our recording. Um, I don't know why I had it in my head. I don't know. Maybe you know what it is. I think it was um, television that uh, made me think that because there's been some 
I don't know. Anyway, I'm not Jewish, but my mother is married to a Jewish girl and the son was raised Jewish. Next month will be the 24th anniversary of my first and only bris that I ever attended for my nephew. The bris was a ceremony in which the circumcision is is done eight days after the birth uh, and is done at the home of the family by the rabbi. And the little one is placed on a same table where the cold cuts were during this big party. It was one of the most bizarre things I've ever witnessed. Um, I was born in 1963, and it was done for me at the hospital before they brought me home. My brother was born in 1950 and had it done too. Uh, It's been the norm for a long, long time. My uncle, who was born in 1917, needed to have it done in his 70s because of complications from a uh, UT infection. And he went through some big time pain. We have a seventies. Yeah. Um, we have a seven year old boy and my wife and my wife made it my decision. And I didn't have to think twice to have it done to him. I didn't want the question questions from him asking why he looked different than me among other reasons. Uh, cleanliest being the first and foremost. I respect your decisions not to have it done for Mateo, but I wanted to give you my opinion. Uh, really like what you're do- like the show you're doing. So much good conversations. I'm going to keep listening. Thanks for doing the show, Chuck. So thank you, thank you, Chuck, for letting us clear the air on the the episode thirty. I knew as soon as I posted, I'm like, that's not how. It, no, that's not how it works in, in Jewish okay. culture. <laughs> I'd, I'd like to say one thing though. Yes. Um, the cleanliness. The cle- yeah, the that, cleanliness thing. Yeah. That is a leftover of an old when of another time when it wasn't as easy to just walk into the next room and have some water come out of a tap yeah. and to, to clean yourself. I, um, I have to say, if you're if you really want to get up to date on kind of the history of circumcision and like those reasons, that video that uh, Funny or Die did was yeah. spot on. Yeah, and that was. Um, what was it called? Something ruins everything. Oh yeah, what's his name? <laughs> ruins every ruins circumcision. Yeah, or and he, he does a bunch of different topics like purebreds. He ruined purebreds yeah. and he ruined diamonds. Yeah. Like I, I'm like I don't I don't ever want another diamond now. <laughs> yeah, those those that series is great. Yeah. So thank you so much, Chuck, for for writing in on that and setting me straight. I'm glad I'm, you I'm did. I'm not trying to get on your case, Chuck. Um, no, 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 no. No, no. I don't care who you know. Choose what you choose. It's all good with me. I just wanted to address that one little point that I think it, it just persists no matter what. Someone will always bring up, oh, it's going to be dirty, and like, no, no, you'll nope. it will be. Yep, I'll get personal. My husband's not circumcised. Nice. <laughs> He's clean. Everything's cool. Everything's cool. It's fine. Uh, all right. Um, let's see. Well, let's do one more, one more email from Aubrey. She says, um, Hey guys, I have a question about what factors played into when you decide to start having children. My partner and I are in our late twenties and would like, ideally like to have our second child, uh, my first, her second and in, in the next year or so. The problem is we're both working and continuing to be in, fa- uh, in school nearly full time for the next few years while we are, will have the support of both of her families. My biggest fear is not having enough time to dedicate to her daughter and our newborn and finish our degrees. Uh, any advice would be great. And thanks for doing the podcast. I'm always listening with a notepad next to me and write down the cool apps and ideas you all have. Aubrey, hey, Aubrey, check out the website, nerdpairs.com. I wrote it all down for you. Um, 
So I'm curious. I, I think we've touched on this topic before. Carrie, you've, you, um, so you have three. Was there any point in time and as you were having your next one? Cause I'm in the state of same as Aubrey here. I'm like, yeah, do I, don't I, do I, don't I, um, for me, I w- I'm six years older than my husband. So for me, you know, by the time I was ready to start having kids, I was like, you know, I was almost 30 and my husband was 23. Mm-hmm. So for me, it was kind of like, are we going to do this? My husband was really on board in our first one. No problem. Right away. Boom, baby. Great. great fantastic. Let's go. The second one is the, old, is the first one old enough to be somewhat independent, not necessarily of us, but to have a sense of self right. so that she doesn't feel like she's losing us. Right. You know, as, as part of that, she was thrilled. The third one was a challenge yeah. um, because, you know, we had a special needs kid and yeah. she took a lot of time in it. Oh no, we lost Carrie. Oh crap. Oh no. We'll never know. <laughs> oh no. Um, I'll just say yeah. uh, quickly for me, just while we're waiting for Carrie to come back. Um, our first kid was just kind of an accident, uh, you know, honestly. That's kind of how Mateo was. We were yeah. like, oh, we didn't think we could, and oh, well, I guess I can. All right, so <laughs> we're doing this now. It was only after uh, uh, six years and a lot of thinking and whatever and talking that we were like, all right, we want to do this again, only this time for uh, on purpose, for realsies. And that's when uh, – wait, did I lose you? No, you're still there. Sorry. Okay. We're all paranoid now. I heard the noise and I was like, oh, "Crap, did I get off now too?" <laughs> but yeah, no, that um, was me. First time, first time, it was totally an accident for us. And then second time, we we were like, "Okay, we we have enough money probably, and we have the time, so let's go for it." Did you have a fear of um, having a second kid and not having enough time for Colette or anything? Yeah, because I know sure. for me, um, I'm I'm right in the thick of it right now because I'm 38 and if I'm going to do it, I need to do it soon. Yeah, and so I I'm need the- to make that decision because if I, d- if, if we don't, then yeah, Mateo's an only child and I, to- I'm totally fine with that. Um, but I think, yeah, I, I'm going, you know, going through traumatic life events kind of like right now with my dad, I have my brother and it's really nice to have my brother. You know, because he's going through the same. So my perspective is kind of different now. Um, And I I do worry about not having enough time for Mateo if I were to have another. I worry about the stress it will have on my marriage. I worry worry about everything. But I think when it comes to to having kids, you you just, if you're going to do it, you just got to do it. If, If you feel that's right, you kind of. Yeah, I mean, I, we had the same worry. And I can't say that it hasn't caused any of those issues that we are worried about, but none of those issues have been such an issue that it's been like a family breaking problem. Mm-hmm. Yes. I don't have as much time for uh, Colette or for my marriage or for everything as I used to, because I'm splitting it right. four ways now. So, or three ways, but um, yeah, it, I mean, it's not, it's not been the worst thing. People have six kids and they make it work. Yeah. And if some dumb guy like me can make three, Three, uh, two kids work. How many kids do I have? <laughs> um, <laughs> three, geez. two. Wait, what? Three, uh, some amount of kids work. Then um, you know, it's it's. I don't know. You, you just got to figure that yeah. out for yourself. But yeah, um, it, we were Support we were worried, but important. it turned out okay for us. At yeah, least. and everybody loves a baby. You know, sure, sure. So I know if we were to decide to have another, I first I'd probably have to go get my 
brain checked. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, our my mom, my dad, you know, Mark's parents, everybody's kind of in it together. I do realize that, you know, I would probably have to give up a few things. Um, like, I think I would have to give up some podcasting. I don't think I could give up nerd parents because like I've said before, this is, this is my, this is my therapy. Like, <laughs> like I would have to, um, use that as, as a way not to get depressed. <laughs> yeah, no, I understand. I mean, Hey, sometimes I don't do a, a podcast, my show, my show sometimes just yeah. cause I got stuff to do. Yeah. Right. But, um, Carrie, you're back, right? I, I think so. Yeah, Can you hear me? Yes. Yeah. You're yes. back. Okay. Yeah. I don't know what happened there. That was weird. That's okay. Um, for me, it was, you know, with my husband being younger than me, I was ready probably a little bit before he was completely prepared. Um, we had one. She was great. Second one was fine. Ten weeks in, problems. So our we wanted to have a big family. We knew that before we got married. Um, and I am from a family of two kids, just me and my older brother. And my husband is one of four with huge, huge extended family who all lived in the same area. So we knew we wanted something bigger. So when Eden came along and she had problems, I think for us it was kind of like a let's see how comfortable we are with the process of knowing where we're going and Mm -hmm. where we could possibly end up and how we're going to get there if we need to before we ever consider having anyone else. And then um, when we finally had Colin, we we joke – you know, each of the kids has their own nickname. Sarah is Sassy Bell and uh, Eden is Big E and Colin is the best idea we ever had because (laughs) he brings something to the party that is very different um but in a good way not just because he's a boy and because he brings all of his own individual talents and quirks but he brought us kind of back to that we're not just caregivers we're parents and we can be light and fun and different so for us it was a struggle um to decide if the timing was mostly fair to sarah because Mm -hmm. she was nine when colin was born and was that too much of an age gap? And that was my husband's biggest concern, was that the age gap was going to be so much that they couldn't be close. Mm. And they are each other's best friend Aww. in ridiculous way. I mean, that's her buddy and her pal. She gets off, uh, comes home from school, and he runs over. I missed you, Sassy. Am I your best boy? Oh, of course you are. So they are best buddies some people, it doesn't work out that way. So the kids are just too different. Yeah. Um, but I think that for us, our biggest concern was, are we doing right, you know, by all the kids? You know, are, can we step away from the caregiving aspect of having eaten enough to say that we can devote enough time to being, you know, infant parents again? Because right. we're essentially infant parents who never stopped being infant parents. But could we do it twice over? Mm-hmm. And um I don't know. I just think that there comes that moment where it solidifies in your heart that, yeah, I really want to do this again. Yeah. And it's maybe it's a little selfish because it is a lot about you, but it's a lot about, no, I I just want to try it and maybe it's going to be different. It's kind of like being open to trying a roller coaster because you don't know what you're going to get till you get on it. But it looks kind of fun and you just go, what the hell? I'm going to give it a shot. And, you know, you think about if you're really, if your mind, when you really think about it, and particularly to this email, I think when you step back and you go, I'm really committed to getting my degree, like I really right. want to do that, then maybe now's not the right time for you because right. that's where your focus is and you know that about yourself. Maybe you can go, you know, I'm, I could get my degree over time. It's not like I have to have it tomorrow. Maybe mm-hmm. it's the right time for you to add to your family if that's what you want to do. I just think you find that moment where you go, yes or no, one way or the other. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's always um, a life, 
like a gut changing situation right. that'll do it, you know? I love the analogy of the roller coaster. One of my favorite scenes is from the movie Parenthood at the mm-hmm. very end. You know, Steve Martin plays a character, a very uptight parent, like, yes, he does. like he can't, he just on edge. And, and then at the end, the, the grandmother talks about, um, the roller coaster and how mm-hmm. life is like a roller coaster. And I didn't get that as a kid. Like I remember seeing that movie as a kid, but I watched it as an adult and mm-hmm. I, it just meant more to me. Like it made more sense. It connected yep. with me. And yeah. um, that's a great scene. It's a great scene because he looks so tense in the beginning. He's so concerned. He's so upset. He's nauseous. He doesn't know what he's going to do. It's all too much. And then he realizes that everyone around him is having fun. So what does he have to be that? Right. Why does he have to be the one who shoulders that burden? It's something right. that they can all do together and it doesn't have to be every minute of every day. Well, and we're all kind of in the same situation. We all feel at some point like we don't know what the hell we're doing because, yeah. because oh, we, God, don't, yeah. we don't. We don't. And it's okay. And yep. yeah. we get through it. Sometimes. I mean, you're going to stumble. I don't care how many kids you have. I'm sure the Duggars at some point went, why <laughs> oh did we do this 20 some odd times? Oh, my mm-hmm. gosh. Sometimes but, when you're doing a podcast, your son takes off his diaper and starts running around and you have to mute your mic and go run <laughs> and take care of it. <laughs> Best podcasting ever. Yeah. 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 happens. So, Aubrey, best of luck on the decision. You have to let us know what you guys decide. Um, whatever you decide, it's going to be right for you guys. So, uh, all right. Well, let's wrap up this really long show. I uh, just want to say thank you for Doghouse Systems for sponsoring this episode. If you use the code NERD, if you're interested in getting a maybe a back to school laptop or maybe you're a gamer. I have a Doghouse System. That's what I game on. Uh, you can use the code NERD and get a free upgrade of 120 gig solid state drive. Uh, and thank you to Doghouse. Also, thanks to ChoreMonster.com. Again, ChoreMonster.com does an awesome app uh, that you can download for free and uh, create a chore schedule for your kids. And then there's like a back end for the parents. AlphaGeekRadio.com for letting us stream this live. We try to do this every Wednesday, but you know, with schedules, sometimes we we shift it around. So thanks to everyone that shows up in the Frog Pants chat room and hangs out with us as we record this live. And you can always, if you want to meet other nerd parents, you can head on over to forum.myextralife.com. And there's a whole nerd parent section where we have great conversations and questions are asked. So that's always a great place. You can contact us. If you have an email or a question, or if you have an email, you can use our email, nerdparents at gmail.com. You can head on over to the website, nerdparents.com, and uh, click on the contact form or contact us that way if you can't remember the email. Uh, we love suggestions for games, uh, toddler translations, uh, what else? Music. Haven't done a music segment in a while. Uh, so yeah, it, we love it all. So send send us your, your feedback. Uh, and you can find us all, all three of us on Twitter. You can find me and Nicole Spag. You can find Eric as Eric Mahler. Mahler? <laughs> yep, Mahler. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like an achievement. I get a, I'm going to have like a little board over here. Did I, <laughs> did I pronounce his last name Gold right? Stars. Yes. Gold Star. I'm putting a star up. Well and then, done. And then, of course, Carrie is Coffee Please, PLZ. Um, stay tuned to the end of this, seg- this episode. Uh, we got a great. A gaming segment from uh, Dan, the board game man, and his lovely daughter, Lauren. I love that she she does those segments with him. So they always have a great board game. 
suggestion. And of course, if you would like to support the show, you can head on over to nerdparents.com and become a fro- or a nerd parent supporter. Um, and I'll give you a little shout out at the top of the show. So uh, we really appreciate your support and keeping the show going. Uh, and I think that does it. Did I miss anything, guys? No, it sounds like you got it well covered. All right. Woo. I can breathe now. All right. So you have a, a wonderful rest of your week and we'll talk with you soon. Bye. Bye. Hello, fellow nerd parents. This is Dan. And this is Lauren. This is another Family Game Night recommendation. Today's game is another great game from the great publisher, Haba. It's called Plucky Pilots. It's a game for two to four players ages six and up and plays in about 15 minutes. Plucky Pilots is a push-your-luck game in which you're trying to fly your plane as far as you can and then quit when you feel like you can't go any further. But be careful, because if you don't quit and you keep rolling your dice again and you can't move your plane, you're out. Your plane crashes and you lose all the coins you would have learned earned that turn. You roll these four cool rectangle dice which show four colors on them. You then choose which paths you want to go on. They will have colored arrows on them going from one island to the next. As you keep going, they will have less options to go and they get very hard. You also have some spots which you have a gas can on them. When you get past those islands, you have to leave one of your dice there and you get to roll one less die Two in order to push your luck. If you decide to keep going, you roll again. But if you decide to stop, you get the coins for the island you stopped on. The first person to get to 25 coins wins. <laughs> it's a great game for families because it's easy to teach and easy to learn. And it's kind of the sequel to the easy color racing game called Monza, which we talked about a few podcasts ago here on Nerd Parents. I love it because it's really fun. They have, re- they have really cool dice. And I can't wait to teach my brother about it. Bucky Pilots goes for about $20 on Amazon or on the Haba USA site. Thanks for listening and remember to play some games with your family tonight. Bye-bye. Bye.